So I was raised Catholic. Okay. Um, and whenever you said like you were raised Mormon, I was like, man, that's like, it's like the next layer. Of, <laughs> like, I guess you could be, I mean, yeah, no, Mormon's like a whole other layer of like <laughs> in there. You know what I mean? Well, I mean, <laughs> we are going to be gods of our own planet. Yeah, that's that's something else. <laughs> um, yeah, it's um, it was uh, interesting to say the <laughs> least. It's a, yeah, they um, so I grew up in the church, you know, as I say. Mm-hmm. Um, so I grew up in the church um, most of my life, or all of my life actually, and I got out of it when I was like sixteen, I think. Mm. Um, so around that time, they were they were kind of pursuing me to be to go on my mission mm-hmm. and to get the um, McKelzick priesthood and to kind of transition into like an elder where I would be like a missionary and because that's kind of that's almost like a rite of passage mm-hmm. for young uh, Mormon men is you know you're a deacon then you're a teacher and then uh, yeah there's some kind of yeah <laughs> so <laughs> and then eventually you're um, they believe that um, at uh, 13, 14 years old, you hold more knowledge than like a pastor or someone else, like a priest. Or, Interesting. Yeah. So they're, because it is supposed to be the one true religion. Mm-hmm. Um, the Book of Mormon states that uh, after Jesus died on the cross, mm. um, in that three days, he came to the Americas and appeared before the um ancient indians here mm-hmm. you know and then uh he gave them uh all this uh wealth and knowledge mm. and then um eventually that kind of transitioned to the prophet Mor- moroni and then you know and then like years 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 later joseph smith's walking around saying well i don't know if this is i don't know what church for me blah 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 goes into the woods prays Jesus, the Father and the Son appear before him mm-hmm. with the Holy Ghost, and then uh, God says to Joseph, "This is my son Jesus." Listen to him talk. So God's essentially the hype man. Mm-hmm. He's a flavor flavor to <laughs> Jesus is Chuck D. Sure. Yeah, and then uh, and then uh, that might be an old reference for all you young kids, but uh, <laughs> and then yeah, and Jesus gives all spill, and then there's golden blades, blah blah blah. But yeah, they uh, one of the more interesting things that they believe is they believe that uh the lamanites which is Mm -hmm. us um that you whenever you go to the you know super duper ultra mega heaven Mm -hmm. because they have three kingdoms of heaven okay yeah which is interesting (laughs) um that you i guess there there's some interpretations that you become white so wow, yeah, because they believe that uh, the word Lamanite comes from the name Lehi. So Lehi is in the Book of Mormon, and Lehi is supposed to be this real evil dude that turned against Nephi, his brother, mm. which is where the name Nephites come from. So inherently, we're all followers of Lehi, this evil, wicked dude. Okay. So because of that, God cursed him with dark skin. So now we're all this. Trying to pray to make it to white heaven. Wow. That's just yeah. <laughs> so yeah, and then, and then they uh they didn't let black people into the uh, McKelzick priesthood until like nineteen seventy eight. 
that's and Joseph recent. Smith had slave, so yeah, you know, screw those guys. W- which of what really made you like <laughs> jump out? Besides all that, <laughs> besides all that, besides you know, yeah, um, I don't know. Like I think I never wanted to go when I was mm-hmm. little, not because of any, not because I held any religious convictions, mainly because. I didn't like getting up Sunday morning because we had to get up Sunday morning and mm-hmm. had to like get dressed and we had to go and I didn't like it. Yeah. So, you know, being little, but um, definitely as I got older and kind of, and I was exposed to other people, people that weren't like myself, mm-hmm. that kind of made me think like, I don't, I don't know. This is weird. Like mm-hmm. God seems real mad at all these gay people <laughs> for some reason. Right. Yeah. But, uh, um, so I think that just kind of seeing past the BS, all the mm-hmm. smoke and mirrors. And, yeah. Yeah. And that, that's kind of what got me out of it too. It, although I think for me, in a weird way, I felt like religion didn't love enough. Okay. Uh, like God didn't love enough. Yeah, because you guys all have all of the, uh, what is it, um, Oh, what do they call them? <laughs> They're uh I can't think. Um Saints. You got yeah, all yeah, the Saints, they're, yeah. They're saints. All the super duper saints and the Right. Yeah. But saints of fishing and even still, like yeah, and there there's a saint for everything. Um I was uh confirmed through Saint Cecilia, who's the saint of music. I almost said God of music. <laughs> and I, I, I don't think this is the first time I've kind of realized that the saints are basically just like, like Greek gods of certain things. Right. Yeah. Like, Oh, Persephone is like the goddess that like creates the seasons or whatever. And it's like, yeah, no, that's just, the saints are just like gods, but they're just historical figures that then you could become a God in a way, but you're not God. But. <laughs> Are they like God's henchmen or something? No, I mean they're just like prayer warriors. <laughs> oh, okay. Like, well, because what it is, and I get to say crazy things about Catholicism. Um, <laughs> but like, basically, someone who is a saint basically lived their entire life without sinning. Okay, like Jesus did. Even okay, Jesus probably did sin. This I don't, I don't know about the, the whole. There's apocryphal stories about he, like, totally just willed a kid dead Mm. because he was a kid and he didn't know what he was doing. But, like, that's that's not in, like, the Bible. It's, like, a separate book of the Bible that people are like, no, wait, no, that's not in the Bible. The side stories? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Side quests. Uh, (laughs) Jesus' (laughs) side quests. Um, (laughs) But, no, so saints are, like, they lived their lives without sinning and being completely devoted. And then usually they're martyred. Um, okay. And so they are killed uh, by someone who, like, hated the church or whatever it is. Oh, okay. So that's, like, a, a much faster way of being a saint. Um, okay. <laughs> but, like, the, the main thing is, like, they live their life without sinning, which is, like, a really hard thing to do. But they also have, like, committees in place to do all the research to make sure that these people can be 
like sanctified. Okay. <laughs> um, Is that similar to the party planning committee from the office? <laughs> no, I mean, I think they, they just like, they literally look at records of a person's life and be like, because there's, there's people like that are trying to be, or trying to get other people that they knew in their life to be like canonized as saints. Saints. Hmm. Um, okay. And I don't know, like now that I'm thinking of it, like, why does that matter? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like my best friend, like was a great person, and then like died in a car wreck. They should be canonized as a saint. Yeah. I was like, I mean. Sure, I guess. What's that right. gonna do? <laughs> Maybe that's like you get to skip the line going into heaven. Right, yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean like no if you, if your friend's a saint, then you you get to the heavenly yeah, gates. The yeah. yeah, and then they're just like, Hey, come in this way. <laughs> it's like, hey, I know the guy who does the booking for Vintage Twenty Two. Yeah, right? <laughs> <laughs> it's like, hey, I know a guy who's already in heaven. I know the saint of booking at Vintage 22. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, there's so many saints that, like, are the patrons of whatever. So I'm sure you can get a specific as specific venues. That'd be intense. All right. No, I mean, I think it's, like, broader concepts sometimes. Although I think there is, like, a... a, I almost said God again. Uh, (laughs) There's a God of fishing. There's there's a saint, a patron saint of, like, fishing, I think. Oh. Yeah. Which is just really specific. I think there's a... a, (laughs) One of the apostles is a patron saint of uh, like healers, but like doctors, medicine. Oh, um, not healers from like World of Warcraft or anything? No, but uh, <laughs> that would be even better. I guess you could sort of like pray to, I forgot which apostle it was, but you could pray to him whenever you are on a raid in WoW. Okay. You know, Donald you. Duck was a healer in uh, Kingdom Hearts. <laughs> That's true. Did he ever really do that, though? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That's true. Um, I don't know. I've never played Kingdom Hearts. I just know the jokes. Oh. I have, like, I have nerd cred to keep up. And so it's, like, I need to know about stuff, even if I never actually played it. So it's, like, I know some nerdy things about Star Trek, even though I've never watched it. Oh, I got you. Yeah. (laughs) Donald Duck's not a good healer. I'll say that. Yes. Yes. That's what I've heard. That's the reference. (laughs) Um, but I mean, I should watch Star Trek as well, but killer show. Yeah. No, I, I, the only, um, Star Trek show that I watched was deep Deep space nine. Okay. That was only because my mom was a big fan. (laughs) So I don't know anything else. Right. Right. Yeah. But I mean, I also have nerd cred to keep up with like, I don't even really like Star Wars, but I like. I need to know about it for some reason. (laughs) Just in case. I know a whole lot about Star Wars, and I don't even really like Star Wars that much. (laughs) Interesting. I feel that same way with, like, Game of Thrones. I'm not a a Game of Thrones fan, Mm. but um, one of my really good friends is. Mm. So so anytime I need to know anything, I'll just ask him, hey, (laughs) what happened here? And he'll tell me, and then I just have all this useless information (laughs) in my head. Right. But it's like... I mean, I didn't watch Game of Thrones either. Oh, okay. So it's it's really just like keeping up with American politics, but fiction. <laughs> Although, honestly, keeping up with American politics is fiction. 
to some extent nowadays. Uh, <laughs> it's really pro wrestling. I'll tell you that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, and, and that's another thing that I know a little bit about, but I've never actually like, I'm not like a wrestling guy, okay. but I know enough people that are into oh, wrestling right. that I like know some of the fun facts. I know too much, so, so it's okay. <laughs> who's, who's like your go-to like wrestler? Yeah. Hmm. I, so I'm a, I'm, will always be a big fan of like the rock and stone coal and all those guys. Um, as far as like favorite all time, probably Bret Hart. Okay. He's Bret Hart fan. <laughs> uh, what is he known for? Cause the name rings a bell, but I don't, he's the hitman man. Okay. He's a, yeah. <laughs> the pink and black attack. He had the, yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. That's his name. Uh, yeah. He, um, so he's most known for that. Um, he was, you know, former world champion. Yeah. So shout out to him. What, and I've asked this to people before, but like what makes wrestling appealing? Um, I think as a kid, I think most, most guys around my age, because, mm. you know, I'll be 30 in uh, January, which okay. is scary to say, but <laughs> Most uh, guys or boys that I knew when I was younger were fringe like fans of wrestling, mm. but I think it's it's appealing when you're younger because you're seeing these two guys fight, right? right. And they pull you in, you think they're really mad at each other, mm. and then you know, so they're they're fighting each other and stuff. And it's and as you as I've gotten older, I learned to appreciate it as like theater or mm. you know like a movie or you know, a TV show yeah. uh, being played out in front of you. So I kind of appreciate it for that. Yeah. Yeah. Did you cool. ever, like, go and see, like... Uh, oh, yeah, numerous times. Shows. Yeah. <laughs> Where at? Um, there. So there was a show in Florida one time when we were on one of those... <laughs> yeah, one of those uh, stomp dance trips. Me and my younger brother, my dad took us, and we watched a show there. Mm -hmm. And then there was a show... Um, about five years ago in Ada at the Curdome, mm -hmm. at the ECU Curdome that we watched. And then um, most recently, uh, me and my buddy Dakota went and watched uh, NXT mm -hmm. in at the uh, Criterion in Oklahoma City. Yeah. yeah. Right. <laughs> so. Does it does it still hold up? Oh, Is yeah. As like, good nowadays like as it was? Like wrestling will always have, have a part of my heart. Like wrestling will always be there because – no, I grew up on it, and there were times where, like, I didn't watch it as much, but mm. I've always tried to keep up with it. Yeah, and yeah. So, yeah, so just like music <laughs> will always be there, so we're pro wrestling. <laughs> um, is there, like, new ground to be broken in wrestling? Like, in the same way that, like, we talk about music and, like, oh, we, we need to be doing something new and, like, something interesting and different. How do you break new ground in wrestling? I think that um, that's kind of the 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 illustrious, you know, goal is try to break new ground. I think just um, other than literally breaking, yeah, ground. right. <laughs> <laughs> I think that uh, just trying different things and uh, seeing what works. You know, I think that uh, AEW is definitely doing that. They're definitely kind of mm. spearing hair, spearheading that. Uh, movement mm -hmm. trying to do things differently um but i think for me is uh you know you you kind of had that uh that kind of boom of like hardcore wrestling mm 
yeah. in like the late nineties, early two thousands with like mm. ECW. And that started in uh Japan with Deathmatch Wrestling. Mm-hmm. And then that was something new. And then now it's it now I think the new thing is more of realistic, like MMA inspired. <clears throat> right. Excuse me. MMA inspired wrestling. See, you would think that people who are into wrestling would just like make that leap to UFC. And it's like I feel like it's not the same. It is nowadays it is, because I'm also a big uh, MMA fan as well, mm. but there definitely are parallels. Yeah, and, and I do know, especially with cross promotion stars with like Ronda Rousey or Brock Lesnar, or, mm-hmm. you know, some of those, some of those people. Um, so it definitely has parallels, and uh, but I don't know. In my experience, hardcore wrestling fans hate MMA, <laughs> and hardcore MMA fans hate pro wrestling. Right. So. Why though? Uh, I well, I would understand why MMA fans would hate wrestling. I don't actually understand why wrestling fans would hate MMA. (laughs) I think for, um, I think for wrestling, like there there are definitely subsections of wrestling fans, fans. But I think for hardcores, it's um, people will say like, "There's no story." (laughs) <laughs> or doesn't what does it mean? Yeah, or like what does it mean? Or there's a no emotion into it mm-hmm. and stuff like that, or it's boring, or you know all that stuff. So. We only watch anime for the plot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Although the fight scenes are pretty fun. <laughs> I mean, absolutely yeah. right. So I guess MMA is just like watching anime, just but just the fights and not <laughs> knowing think, what lead, what led up right. to the fight. <laughs> um, yeah, there definitely are storylines that do borrow from pro wrestling. <laughs> um, but I think that, uh, for MMA for me is it's honest. Yeah. Like yeah. It, you're getting two guys who have trained the same amount of time, who've definitely put their heart soul mm-hmm. into this craft. And now we're going to see who, who can solve the problem for the other person. Mm-hmm who kind of, you know, has that answer to the other person's questions. Right. So, <laughs> yeah, I know that's kind of a detailed answer. <laughs> right, right. But but it's like, I mean, it's it's weird because it's like it's not a real fight in that they don't have like a reason to fight other, other than, than the fact that yeah, bunny they or, have to fight. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But I think that um, fighting and a lot of people's, and most people is inherited. I think that when you, you know, we, we as kids, like growing up, whenever you'd see a school ground fight or people mm-hmm. fighting, every, almost everyone flocked to it just right, to see because right. it's appealing. Yeah, yeah. So it's, it, it, it kind of uh, taps into that uh, primal part of us that mm-hmm. we still carry around. Right. But, you know, it's not for everybody, understandably. Mm-hmm. But. but I don't know. I don't think I could, like, look a guy in the face and be like, hey, we're both athletes and stuff. Now I'm going to punch you in the <laughs> face. <laughs> if they gave you 50 grand, you wouldn't do it? Well, yeah, but like... 50 grand they, to show up or 50 grand and 50 grand to win? I think maybe it's just because, like, I'm too nice. <laughs> right, yeah. And it's like, yeah, that's a lot of money. And, like, I'll fight you, but, like, I don't... I don't want to like hurt you, dude. Like, <laughs> yeah, and you don't want to be hurt, so right. That's yeah. true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, <laughs> I agree. Like, I, I'm. Although I love 
MMA, I love pro wrestling, you know, mm. I love like death metal. I'm not really <laughs> I'm not really like an intense, like aggressive dude. It's how you get like, it just, out. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like I don't I don't want to be punched in the face. Right. Now if someone was like, Hey, here's fifty thousand dollars and you gotta go fight that guy, I can probably get punched in the face, I think. But I don't know. I just Right. Doing it professionally. That that is that's <laughs> a lot of hard work. But there's also a lot of CTE involved, which oh is... yeah, absolutely. <laughs> there's a lot of health benefits going on. But with anything like football, there's more. Right. There's a lot of head trauma there, and there's a lot of you're beating up your body. Same mm-hmm. thing with basketball. Not mm-hmm. so much CTE, but basketball. your knees are going to be screwed. Yeah, you're forever. just blown out your joints, and you're yeah, exactly. And <laughs> so it's so there's, there's risks in everything. Absolutely, I'm a musician. Yeah. I have hearing damage, of course. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, so. Um, so, I mean, that's just, there are risks. <laughs> Protect your hearing, guys. Um, no, I mean, I do get that out through, like, I do sword fighting, which is. That's cool. Um, it's foam swords, but it's still, like, um, sometimes it gets a little aggressive, but it's really just, like, touch. Like, if you feel the touch, then it's like, yeah, that counts because a real sword would cut you. Oh, okay. Or at least. Like yeah. fencing. Is that what it is? Not quite. Because fencing is a little bit more artsy, if that makes sense. Okay. Like, yeah. Like, I would think that fencing is to like martial arts that, like, the, the, like, kung fu movies. Are this like flourishy big oh, show off thing, but jumpy, it's flippy kicks, right? But that's not real fighting. Yeah. It's just it's not practical. They do that to like look good on screen. Sure, I got gotcha. you. Um, whereas, you know, MMA is like this is literally just we are trying to efficiently knock each other the hell out, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> beat each other up. Um, yeah. and so not quite with like the kind of sparring that. I do, but it, it is just like, how do I efficiently touch you with my sword while not getting hit by your sword? Okay, yeah. Um, and so I don't put a whole lot of, like, academics into it. It's just, like, let's see what works. Yeah, and, something and, fun. Yeah, and, and you figure it out as you go. It's like, oh, this kind of stance will work better than this one, mm-hmm. or if I cross my feet then i'm off balance and stuff like that that you like sort of naturally these are emergent properties in the system um but i I feel like fencing is is more like rules based okay like there's a line that you're on and then you're like there's specific points that you can like touch and once you get to that, it's like, all right, that's a little too much to... Too diplomatic. Yeah. Yeah, I got uh, you. Whereas in... I mean, I don't watch very much UFC or anything, but I don't think there's rules, are there? <laughs> I mean, there's rules, yeah. You can't, you know... There's more so, more now than... Because it is a legitimate sport. So right. you can't, like, eye poke, pull people's hair, you know, groin mm-hmm. shots, hits to the back of the head, mm-hmm. you know... So and then there's weight classes and people agree on like sure sure yeah yeah so so it's a lot more organized but it's um at its root though it's fist fighting it's, right yeah. you know you're you're trying to effectively use your skills 
to um, render the other person unconscious yeah. or beat them in, in, a, in a fight or beat them by points or whatever. Right. So right. the goal is to win mm-hmm. and use your tools in your body to, yeah, <laughs> win. So, yeah. No, I yeah. Understand. Have you ever done it? Um, Man, I, I trained for a few months at mm. most. I, I'm a big fan of like jujitsu, like Brazilian jujitsu. I want to learn jujitsu. Yeah. So I've done that more so than the actual MMA. Um, I don't think I'm coordinated enough to like do the striking, mm-hmm. but I definitely fell in love with jujitsu. Like yeah. that's really, so I hope to uh, get into that more and more mm-hmm. or get back into it rather. Yeah. And again, I feel like I'm too nice to do any sort of like striking. Yeah. And so I am more like I lead more towards jujitsu than anything because it's well it's it's, it's practical because it's, yeah. it's like with some forms of like kung fu or mm-hmm. keto or something like that that's kind of yeah, a lot of yeah. flash to it but with jujitsu it's practical. Yeah. You know, and you're able to use moves to defend yourself or to yeah, you know. <laughs> so so if someone's attacking you or you know and you get them getting them away and yeah, so. um yeah but also i just don't want to hit people in the face <laughs> like i yeah. i really just don't want to hit people that's that's kind of it because yeah with jujitsu even if someone because if you people who are really good at jujitsu like it doesn't matter the size difference between the person like mm-hmm. if they're good enough you know how to work leverage and weight and stuff to be able to uh, not be dominated by someone like twice their size. Yeah, and so it's like you don't have to hit someone to subdue them. And yeah, that's you a just use really, holds and stuff. That's a cool thing. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Well, and it, it it helps if the other person doesn't have any knowledge of jujitsu. Sure. Yeah, because if you guys have both the same knowledge, and this guy weighs you by fifty pounds, he's probably gonna win. Because sure. yeah, so there's this that size advantage. But if he doesn't know, and you know more than he does, yeah, then yeah. yeah. <laughs> so. um, getting into music. <laughs> okay. Uh, how'd you get into, like, hardcore stuff? Like, <laughs> metal and stuff? Because like, it's one thing to start in Guns N' Roses, but, like, that doesn't necessarily take you to Slayer and Heavier. <laughs> <laughs> um, so what brought you there? For me, it, it was getting that, that Appetite for Destruction record. And then, like, I wanted to listen to some more. So then that led to, like, Poison and um, Warrant and uh, White Snake and all those kind of mm-hmm. hair metal bands. And then eventually um, I heard uh, Hellbound for Leather by Judas Priest. Okay. So then I, I got through that. A bit heavier. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so it did kind of, I kind of graduated. So I went to like Hellbound for Leather and Screaming for Vengeance. Um, and then eventually Judas Priest led into uh, like Metallica. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, Metallica led into like Anthrax and Anthrax led uh, into. Yeah. Yeah. And then eventually. <laughs> so when the, the first time I heard uh, South of Heaven by Slayer, I was like, mm-hmm. oh my God, what, you know. What is this? Yeah, like, yeah. this is. You can say whatever just, you want. Though. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah you, I can cuss. Yes. No. Well, <laughs> I don't know if I should now. No, you're fine. I didn't, I didn't cuss <laughs> all podcasts. Yeah. No, but um, when I heard it, I was like, man, like, this is it. Like, yeah, you know? yeah. And then, um, 
and then I went back and listened to South of Heaven, and then um, I think uh, God Hates Us All had came out about that time, so I listened mm-hmm. to that. And the first mm-hmm. time I heard Disciple, which is probably my favorite song by Slayer, mm-hmm. I was like, all right, like this is it for me. <laughs> so at that time, we still had a Hastings. Okay, and yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> and uh, which R.I.P. Uh, <laughs> but uh, I went and I would just like listen to Slayer, and, I, and then that led into um, I'm trying to think like uh, like Death that led into, and then that led into um, uh, Cannibal Corpse and Autopsy. Oh, okay. yeah, yeah. yeah, so then <laughs> it was like within that la- within that year. So it's it's really strange because. I skipped all like I skipped like the Beatles and Black Sabbath and mm-hmm. Led Zeppelin and I skipped um James Taylor and all those mm-hmm. you know all the non-metal bands. But as I've gotten older and the the heavier and the more I got into heavy metal and like death metal, I appreciated the Beatles and I appreciated yeah, yeah. James Taylor and I appreciated mm-hmm. uh the B52s and I appreciated mm-hmm. Tiffany. Yeah. You know, so but are the B fifty twos heavy enough? <laughs> <laughs> I think that uh as I appreciated music or as I appreciated like artists and stuff, mm-hmm. like I think like like Jeff Henneman from uh Slayer is mm-hmm. a killer guitarist. Yeah. So it's KK Downing from Judas Priest. So I appreciated their craft and then I took that and I was able to listen to other bands mm-hmm. and I could appreciate the craft. Mm-hmm. So the B fifty twos aren't heavy, <laughs> but they're also a killer band. Right. So is so are like I'm in love with the uh the Black Keys. The Black mm-hmm. Keys are an amazing bands. Yeah. But <laughs> you know, they're they play a little bit of rockier stuff, but where does that desire for heavy come from? I don't know. Like it's just <laughs> like it I need more power. <laughs> <laughs> I think so. I, I, I think for me, like I when I heard, definitely when I heard Slayer, I was like, all right, like this, like I got excited. Like I just kind of, you know, and I, I would just like pump myself up listening to it. Mm-hmm. So I like that feeling. Mm-hmm. And I've always got that feeling from heavy metal or death yeah. metal or music in general, but definitely yeah. heavy metal or death metal. But um, that's not to say every metal band is good. Sure. You can do that. There's a lot of... A lot of crappy bands out there. Meaningless shred. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there, there's a, there's a. I'm not a big fan of Pantera. Okay. But there's mm-hmm. a lot of Pantera fans out there that mm. just love it. I'm not a big Tool fan either. Really, I, I dig Tool a lot, but oh, all right. To each their own. <laughs> yeah, right. But um, I don't know. So it's not all. Mm-hmm. It's not all umbrella. You know, it's not yeah, all yeah. the same. So. What? Why is? Pantera, not your cup of tea. Uh, I'll or, I'll say this like it. I'll say this. Dimebag Daryl is an amazing guitarist. Mm. He's probably one of the the best guitarists to come out of heavier music, mm. come out of metal. I don't know, man. This never it never mm. clicked. Like it never. I just never got that fire right inside. I I've never really delved into that side of heavy music. I think more lately I've gotten into heavy music, but in a different way, like um, industrial and harsh noise, stuff like that. Okay. That's uh, more on the like rap side than it is on the like guitar side. 
Like who? Like who um, Clipping is one of my favorite bands right now, and okay. um, it's a trio. It's two producers and a rapper, um, and they do like they make all their own samples, and it's like harsh, noisy stuff. Okay. Um, so like a lot of distortion, a lot of like feedback. Okay. Uh, noises so just like breaking glass and uh it's interesting uh crinkling cans or whatever and they make samples out of that and they make beats out of it and so it's like digital and analog distortion that they're using to make these gritty noises mm-hmm. that then become beats that they rap over so yeah. um and then another one is a uh, blackie uh all caps with spaces and uh he's a rapper in texas i think and he does a lot of super distorted stuff um a lot of screaming um i think he's just like blackie's the sound of the angry black man and like what society has done to them but like he encompasses that in such a powerful way, but also a, a actually like positive way. Okay. Uh, even though it, like the music is really dark and really distorted and there's a lot of screaming and stuff. I think, I mean, cause of a lot of his album titles are like, imagine yourself in a free and just society or something like it. It's like, he actually wants to make the world a better place. And so mm-hmm. it, it's kind of how I feel whenever I write sort of like a lot of my music is sad. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not because I'm a sad person. It's just because by pointing out the sadness in the world, I am hoping for something better. Right. You're, you're trying to give <laughs> someone like a shared experience. Mm-hmm. I got gotcha. you. Yeah. And so I feel like what Blackie does is that he's sort of, putting out all of this anger and energy to kind of say like this hurts (laughs) so let's do better well music is pain yeah yeah like like music is i think that uh some of the best music is Mm -hmm. comes from that part of you that you uh parlay into Mm -hmm. beautiful music you know like the uh fire rain by james taylor Mm -hmm. you know that that song was about his friend dying in like yeah. a plane crash. And it's a beautiful song. It's very mm. sad. Yeah. But, you know. And, or it's kind of like with, uh, what, I don't know, like like any artist. Like, uh, there was a, Every Rose Has Its Thorn. Mm. You know, the, the guy from, <laughs> Brett Michaels from Poison. Mm. Guy's heartbroken, but you put that in a song <laughs> and great song. Right. But, I mean, there is also just happy music. Yeah, absolutely. And sometimes happy music is like fake happy music. Uh, yeah, but, that's really weird. <laughs> uh, but there is just like, there are times when like, yeah, I do feel good. Thanks. <laughs> right. Like, <laughs> um, but the last time I heard happy by Pharrell, I was not happy. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, What's that song? Uh, Don't worry, be happy. Who's that yeah. by? Um, oh, I can't remember. But he, he's actually a really good musician, but that's, uh, and that's something else though, too, is that like reggae, Mm -hmm. uh, 
is sort of sourced from like this desire to make a world the world a better place. And so, yeah, some stuff is just like, hey, we're having a good time. Uh, but a lot of times it's like, hey, here's a story about someone that got shot. We should mm-hmm. do better than this, you know. Uh, but it still has kind of that like flowing. That's what uh, like, Electric Avenue is, right? Electric Avenue. I don't know. Uh, going mm-hmm. down to Electric Avenue. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, I believe that song's about a shooting. I don't know. I don't listen to enough reggae. Oh, I gotcha. Okay. <laughs> but like it 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 does stem from a desire to like make stuff better. Yeah, um, absolutely. But I don't write enough happy music, I think, but it's not from a lack of happiness. <laughs> um I think it's harder to write happy music. Well, it's harder to like I th- I think manufacture those feelings. Mm-hmm. Because I I think that, you know, you probably identify better with sad stuff <laughs> or identify, you know, and mm-hmm. that you, you said yourself, you're not a sad person, but you identify with those feelings inside yourself. Right. So, and you're able to push that out. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, maybe you just, uh, I don't know, maybe. There's also more words for kinds of sadness and pain and stuff than there are like happy, I think. Mm hmm without getting just really without just using really strange words um right like happy joy content whatever like all those things like and and that's where the a good metaphor comes in but like <laughs> the i feel like it's harder to try to like say something happy or Yay, you make me feel like, but then there's lots of other songs that right. say you make me feel like, and then, so uh, that's the other challenge is saying something that I feel hasn't been said a hundred thousand times, because it definitely has been, <laughs> and it definitely comes off as uh, fake and artificial. Right, you don't want that. So yeah, and then there's the other hard part about it is that it's harder to as a live musician than try and like keep people in the room and be like, Hey, stick around. We're having a good time. Here's a song about someone dying. Like, <laughs> <laughs> um, so, I mean, that's a weird balance to keep. <laughs> in my experience, most, a lot of people who go to bars and see music, mm. they're not really listening to the words. They're just kind of, Hanging right. out, so yeah, <laughs> you could just do like uh, that. Uh, what is it? Um, pumped up kicks. Yeah, exactly. that, yeah. You can just do a more kind of happier, upbeat sound, but the lyrics are super dark. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I strive for cohesion, and so it's like here's a. I mean, there's some balances to be had. I don't. I don't feel like pumped up kicks sound warrants the darkness of the lyrics right yeah <laughs> and every year that goes by in the united states th- that song is just so much darker <laughs> yeah um what is i mean what is like the level of cuz i i i think lyrics first mm-hmm. but like what is your level of priority in music especially since not as a person that 
writes it, but someone who appreciates it. Listens with, to it. That? Yeah. Um, I think um, if you can play, mm. that's always a bonus. Yeah. And you'd be surprised because uh, there are some people who aren't great musicians. Um, <laughs> I think that people, people that definitely treat it like a craft, I think that people that can actually play mm-hmm. and that people that play well. Yeah. But, you know, that kind of has its own spectrum. Mm-hmm. But I think that um, if I know that you're being honest with me and you're being honest with yourself. Mm-hmm. So kind of like what you said, you said that you didn't want to write music that was happy because, you know, you just, that's just not you. Mm-hmm. So if I was to watch you play like a uh, a sad song, I would appreciate it because I would mm-hmm. know that, hey, that's Santiago. He's yeah, playing yeah. a song that is <laughs> is is him. Mm-hmm. So uh, I think that definitely is one. And then uh, lyrics are probably second, I think, mm. <laughs> for me anyways. Is there, I mean, is there an opportunity? Because I, like you just said, is people are, probably aren't listening to the lyrics right. in live shows. So, I mean, how often does a lyric stick out to you at a show versus, you know, it's like, hey, I've, been checking out this artist and now i'm listening to their music on spotify and this is where i appreciate it i think um especially with live music being kind of cued in from the start okay yeah so you know kind of um especially since i book music and you know and and, and book and promote music there's already interest for me yeah but there's also there's also me personally that if you don't grab me by the first 20 10 20 minutes of your set mm-hmm. i'm probably not gonna be interested yeah it's just kind of the reality of the situation mm-hmm. so it's um so definitely having uh having music that pulls you in would be you know mm-hmm. would be good and then yeah and then having the lyrics yeah then, then, then have lyrics exactly <laughs> having that having a good opening song having a lot of energy or you know if you're uh playing more of um, an acoustic set, real mm. stripped down, and, and you're playing these songs about people dying. Mm. Um, if I can appreciate the craft, then yeah. Absolutely. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't have a whole lot of songs about people. Dying, oh, that's yeah. good. <laughs> <laughs> um, what has been the result of the growth of social media on your use or your path as a booking and promoter. Um, it makes it easier to get people to hear about stuff mm. because I, I can just plug my event on like uh, Instagram, on Facebook or on Twitter or mm-hmm. YouTube and it kind of reaches more people. Um, so definitely convenience mm-hmm. in that, in that aspect. But uh, I think a lot of people just scroll through their phone. So they're not really paying attention yeah. anyways. So <laughs> and that's the hard thing that I face is just that sometimes I feel like I'm just shouting into the void and then every once in a while, like a couple people say something. But Right. <laughs> well, yeah. And I think that goes back to consistency. Just, you know, um, I definitely had had shows in my past that didn't go good. Mm-hmm. Um, I Before I did music, I... I did like dance parties and stuff. Mm-hmm. So we'd put those on 
and uh, no one would come to those. Yeah. And uh, that was always disheartening. Um, but just consistency, because, mm-hmm. I mean, people aren't going to go to every show. Right. So just getting them out there, you know, making sure that I did everything on my end to be uh, I'd, on the best of my ability to make sure people were there, make mm-hmm. people make sure people knew about it, make sure people, you know, know that this band is playing. Right. And then, um, uh, I don't know. Then yeah. Some people just, sometimes people just don't show up. Right. That sucks, though. What's the best way to support an artist? Um, I think for me uh, is kind of establishing that relationship with them through social media or through um, watching them play live. Mm-hmm. But definitely, if you can, attending a show live. Right. Because if someone sees, like it, if I'm an artist and I'm playing, I'm playing a show and I see that, you know, you comment on Facebook, say, hey, man, you know, I really like that song you did about this or that. Mm-hmm. And then you make an effort, especially if you drive to the show, right. even if it is 30 minutes or an hour, if you actually make the effort to get out of your house, mm-hmm. then that I think that is definitely a great way to support artists. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and supporting them with, uh, mon- you know, with money. Yeah. Money's always good. Yep. No, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> buying their shirts, buying their merch, you know, mm-hmm. uh, going to band camp. Find mm. their demos, all yeah. the good stuff. Yeah, because I feel like, uh, well, yeah, I don't know. It, the The nature of the beast has changed to where it's not just like being a musician. Because yeah, for some artists, the music does speak for itself. But then it's like, since social media is such a thing, it's like now you have to have like a good portfolio of like photography and videos and stuff like that and like it's a whole personality associated with just being a musician well definitely you have to wear different hats you have to get people to and you can be a great musician Mm -hmm. but if you're not if you're kind of sitting at home just playing songs and you're recording them on your computer, but you don't ever let anyone listen to them. Mm-hmm. How's anyone supposed to know that you're a great musician? Right. You know, so I, I, I think that you almost have to wear different hats. Mm-hmm. You have to let people, you have to almost be your own promoter mm-hmm. and get yourself booked. Right. And, um, you know, and I think that social media is a great way to support artists mm-hmm. as well. Yeah. Just at least checking out a video, checking out someone's post, mm-hmm. taking a few seconds out of your time to kind of yeah. hit like or, you know, share a post. Yeah. Um, last thing. Yeah. What's something that you've been listening to, watching, playing, if you play video games, uh, that you want people to know about? Well, I play a lot of NBA 2K. Okay. Like religiously. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> uh, definitely check me out. Jesse White Deer, one word on Xbox if you're interested. Sweet. But um, I've been watching a lot of... Um, I've been rewatching The Office. Okay. I kind of do that the periodically. The American one, I'm guessing. The American okay, one, yeah. yeah. The British one was, it was good. This wasn't, this wasn't for me. <laughs> it's not your sense of humor. Yeah, I, but it's, I, understand. I liked it. Um, <laughs> it's not for me fully. Uh, but um, I've been listening to uh, uh, O'Bron, of course. Okay. No, O'Bron, uh, they're all four of those guys with uh, DJ, Logan, Adam, Jeremy. They're all, you know, great friends of mine, best friends mm-hmm. of mine. Um, definitely been listening to them, and you guys should definitely check them out <laughs> on Instagram and on Facebook. 
Um, but uh, recently, I've been listening to a lot of uh, a lot of uh, Silver Tongue Devil, which is uh, okay. my buddy's band in uh, Dallas. Mm. They're a heavy metal band from uh, okay. Dallas, Texas. So mm-hmm. check them out as well. They're actually uh, doing a CD album release show uh, this Saturday. Mm-hmm. So if you're in the in the Dallas area, yeah, yeah, come by Dubellum at the uh, Wits End and check them out. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, yeah, just definitely. Um, I got really. I'm getting more and more into like indie rock. Okay, like what? Uh, like the Black Keys. Okay, yeah, definitely. And then um, I want to say the Raincoats, but I don't think that's it. <laughs> but I wouldn't say that's it. Yeah. But yeah, definitely. And then uh, with uh, Decumbi, um, I believe they're out of Chicago. Okay. Uh, you know, killer indie rock band. So. I think with the Black Keys, I I like the Black Keys, but I don't like the Black Keys. If that okay. makes sense. Like I, one time I listened to their entire discography at, up till that time, mm-hmm. and I didn't notice. <laughs> okay. Like. Like, it was just playing in the background. Yeah. And then, like, I checked, and I was like, oh, I'm, like, mostly done. <laughs> You're just this one for you? That's- yeah. It's not so much that it wasn't for me. It's just that, like, it just didn't stand out. <laughs> I got you. That's fair. I think that people, I definitely firmly believe that people hear things differently than mm. others and i think that people see things differently so um i think that uh i don't know like i'll say that their entire discography it's not all they're not all zingers sure as sure. primus would say yeah but uh generally i like most of it i turn blue definitely was mm. it's one of my more favorite albums their newest one let's rock it's definitely it's got more of a mm. high energy sound. Yeah, I uh, I did like El Camino. Yeah, uh, for sure, man. Uh, and that one was a little bit more of like what was catching my ear. Yeah, but... Lonely Boy. Mm. Yeah, was yeah. that the the single? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> for sure. Um, but I mean, yeah, every now and again. <laughs> um, that's fair. I mean, I already said what I was listening to, but I will say that Clipping has a new album coming out October 18th, I think. Okay. Um, and it's just in time for spooky season uh, because it's called There Existed an Addiction to Blood. <laughs> oh. Huh. Which is like... Hell yeah. They have like a lot of like horror-themed stories and the verses and stuff. And it's a lot of like noisy, spooky type stuff. So it's it's very dark stuff, but like... It's really cool, and I've I've always nice. appreciated all all of their stuff. And uh, I, I should have mentioned this earlier, but David Diggs, who's the rapper for Clipping, mm-hmm. uh, was in Hamilton, the musical. He won a Tony oh, Award nice. for being yeah. Lafayette. So, <laughs> and Thomas Jefferson. Okay. Uh, so I mean, if that doesn't draw you in, hey, <laughs> Hamilton is a killer musical. Yeah, yeah, um, I saw that. Whenever it was here. Man, and, I'm jealous. That's yeah. awesome. It was really good. Not the original cast, obviously, but still really sure. good. Okay. Um, watching, I've been watching Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood. As I, you should. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I watched 
the original um, because I heard someone say that like Brotherhood was made more for people who had already like watched the original and wanted mm-hmm. like a more true to the manga version. Uh, and so I was like, all right, I'll watch the original, see what's up. And I kind of enjoyed it. And then like near the middle, I was really getting into it. And then it just like fell off the deep end at the end. Yeah. Like, God dang it. I also watched the movie too. And I was Ugh. like, it, it didn't make, Oof. didn't make sense. Uh, <laughs> no, the so, uh, brotherhood definitely yeah. like, so anyone that hasn't watched it, you need mm. to watch brotherhood. Cause it is amazing. It's probably one of my, favorite animes i think because mm-hmm. i think that i mean i've over time i've been trying to catch up on anime mm-hmm. that like are essentials um so i mean recently i'd watched all of uh evangelion okay uh, i have not and i hear a lot about it it's really good uh pretty dark as well but i mean it's some some deep themes but I mean, if you can handle Full Metal Alchemist, you can. Even Gallion's a little bit more punch you in the face with like emotions or sometimes gore. Uh, <laughs> but still, Even Gallion is top notch. And it's all on yeah. Netflix. So, <laughs> so it's, yeah. Hell yeah. Um, and then playing. Surprisingly, I've been playing Forza Horizon 2. Which I'm not like a racing game guy, right. um, but like, I was just like, "Hey, I'll try it." It's on Game Pass. Game Pass, best thing ever. Um, yeah, that's Xbox, right? Yeah, yeah. Awesome. Um, and I was just like, "Yeah, sure, I'll try it." It's like it's gorgeous. The like technology is mind blowing. Like the fact that they account for you know the the heat of the road. If there's snow, it like affects your traction like stuff like that and there's a whole bunch of different cars a whole bunch of different stuff to try like they definitely made it a really fun experience and it's just gorgeous so i mean forza horizon 2 top notch it's on game pass um um what was the other thing no i think that was it uh yeah (laughs) plug your stuff okay once again (laughs) Jesse White Deer on Facebook, uh, Jay White Deer on Instagram. Mm. Uh, follow Vintage Twenty Two on Facebook. Yeah. Follow the Lot on Facebook, and Instagram. Both those on Instagram as well. Um, and follow HMA, uh, Happy Land Music Alliance, on Facebook, and uh, and follow Adafest on Facebook yeah. and Instagram. Mm-hmm. And as always, follow Oberon. Mm-hmm. On uh, <laughs> on Facebook and uh, Bandcamp and Instagram as well. Heck yeah! Uh, you can always. Uh, what were those days that there's always shows? Fridays of every 22? Friday at Vintage Twenty Two and every Saturday at the Lot. Heck yeah! Uh, and November first is our comedy show at the Grand View in Ada. Heck yeah! Oh man, I will ask you a little bit about that. Okay. How did you? <laughs> I know we're like doing the plugs at the end, but even still, no, you're good. Man. I, how'd you want to do comedy or like get started doing that? Because that's that's a whole different beast. Yeah. Right. Um. So I'm newly into it, and I I don't think that I deserve a book show <laughs> myself. But you know, no one no one does that in our area. So well, I take that back. Um. 
sessions <clears throat> excuse me sessions had uh two comedy shows that i seen so my friend uh james gooch he did a set both nights or both different times rather and i really liked it and mm. i i've just always been a fan of stand stand-up comedy mm. i've just always really enjoyed it i've enjoyed the art form mm-hmm. so um and i've always like had thoughts and opinions on stuff that I mm-hmm. thought was funny. So I thought, eh, why not? Yeah. So I did my first, I opened um, at the uh, <clears throat> at the first show that we put on at the beginning of August. So I opened and it went really well. And mm-hmm. a lot of people really enjoyed it. And a lot of people enjoyed, uh, I felt like they, they really enjoyed the story of, you know, me mm-hmm. pooping my pants. I work. <laughs> yeah. So nice. they, uh, they really enjoyed that one. And uh, I just thought it was a funny story. And I'm not such a serious guy that I can't laugh at myself. Sure, sure. So, um, yeah, just doing that. And, um, you know, and I I like performing in that aspect. Yeah, yeah. And I, I've always enjoyed, like, theater and things like that. So, mm-hmm. to, for me, like, stand-up comedy is just that kind of another element. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Which is why I kind of, on the other one, I asked, like, why performing arts and not just music because mm-hmm. it is kind of a similar thing sure yeah but it's a little bit weirder with comedy because with music there's not like that direct feedback like mm-hmm. the only way to really tell is you, if you can like see people in the room sure and a lot of times you can't because the lights um but with comedy it's like if you're not doing well they will not laugh. <laughs> That's yeah. how you know. <laughs> yeah. And, and so it's and scary. I, well, and it's like instant gratification or it's like mm. instant disapproval. Right. <clears throat> so I've definitely seen parts where I've seen people try stuff. Mm. People have like have uh, done bits or done jokes. And then I've seen more people handle it better than not yeah so i but and you know from from what i learned is that that is you know stand-up comedy is there there, you don't really whereas like musicians where you can practice where with a band you guys Mm. have you schedule or you play every wednesday night at so-and-so's house and you can practice and you can get fine-tuned and then you can play a show or you can play a show and then uh you can take different things that you didn't like and then, you know, fine tune yeah. them. Um, with comedy, like you, you're basically trying out your material as you do it. Right. Like, you have to. Yeah, you, you have an to. audience. Exactly. So, <laughs> yeah, it, it's definitely that love and hate relationship. Mm-hmm. So, um, and to kind of like help myself practice, I've done like a few shows in front of like my friends and stuff. Like mm-hmm. I just did my set in front of my friends. Right. And then, you know, and, they seem like they enjoy it, so we'll but see. It's it's a harder thing, though, yeah, too, to make it's like, strangers laugh, right? So but it's like you guys are my friends, you know who I am, so it's like I don't know, maybe you're more prone to give like pity laughs or something for sure, yeah. yeah. So and uh, <laughs> I don't know, so I I was like overly, I was almost too confident mm. the week going into the week of uh, the first of August. 
And then I got off work on that Saturday and I was just like super nervous mm. the whole time. And then I went and did the set and it went over a lot better than I thought it would. Yeah. And then I was like, and I was riding high on that for about two yeah, weeks. Yeah. And then uh, now I'm kind of like, well, we'll see how this goes. Right, right. But I think it is kind of like that keep it going and you'll just keep getting better. Consistency. Yeah, for sure. Doing it. But yeah, like I think I'm funny, but I don't think. I mean, I could be a comedian if I wanted to try, but I don't want to try. Oh, I <laughs> like I, I'm good doing music and doing this thing. Uh, I can be funny on the podcast, but this is a, like an hour long thing. It's it's a very different dynamic sure, than yeah. standing in front of people and being like, "Here's set jokes." <laughs> right. And yeah. So I mean, I applaud you for for foraying. Into Thanks. That I it's appreciate that. Good. It's a good craft to have. <laughs> Uh, all of that to say, go check out the thing November 1st. November November 1st at the Grandview. It's going to be myself, Jesse White Deer, with Nate Turner, Zach Collins, and uh, Brandon Roberts. Sweet. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Once again, thank you for doing this with me. Hey, thank you. I'm Santiago Ramones. I'm Jesse White Deer. You can find everything that I do on my website, SantiagoRamones.com. I make music. Check out my Bandcamp, which has a demo on it, which you can give me money for. There's uh, Machinations, which you can find on my website. That is my master's recital, which has a lot of cool compositions and explorations and ideas with technology in the future. Um, And then you can support the podcast either with your money on anchor.fm slash Santiago Ramones or... You can leave reviews, comments, let me know what you think, and uh, say nice things to the guest and be like, hey, that person was super cool, because I think that person is super cool. Um, I always end the podcast with my three things. They shape my life philosophy. Those three things are love never fails, it's going to be okay, I might be wrong.